This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, January 6, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. Today, the U.S. House begins its work with a reading of the U.S. Constitution. It's a first for the chamber, but is it a gimmick or a harbinger of a new fealty to our nation's governing document? Roger Pallon, Vice President for Legal Affairs at the Cato Institute, says it depends. The reading of the Constitution in the first day of the House of Representatives session is symbolic to be sure, but it's more than symbolic. The symbolism is that we hope for the first time in a long time, Congress, or at least the House, is going to be taking the Constitution seriously. We have lived under the Constitution for over two centuries now, but for the past 75 years or so, we've lived under something called constitutional government because what the New Deal court did was essentially turn the Constitution on its head. It turned it from a document that authorized limited government into a document that authorized all but unlimited government. In other words, James Madison in Federalist 45 promised us the government whose powers would be few and defined. Under the influence of the progressives during the progressive era, we fundamentally rethought our conception of government, or at least the progressives did. But it was not until the New Deal that they were able to institutionalize this after Roosevelt's infamous court-packing scheme was unveiled. And the court, now cowed, did that essentially by allowing the federal government to regulate and redistribute virtually at will, first of all. Secondly, by bifurcating the Bill of Rights and reducing property rights and economic liberty to second-class members of the Bill of Rights. And third, by opening the floodgates to the modern executive state by allowing Congress to delegate ever more of its power, now much more expansive than it used to be, to the new executive branch agencies that Congress was creating. And so what flowed from this 1937-1938 revolution was the modern Leviathan that we know and love so well today. And so when we see the Constitution read in the House for the first time in our history, it tells us that at least a good number of the members of the new 112th Congress are taking seriously how far we have strayed from our constitution of limited government. There was at one time a constitutional caucus, and this is a story that Ed Crane likes to tell, that said, we will make sure that everything that we vote for is in line with the Constitution. And along comes a piece of legislation that is very popular, uh, that is seemingly uncontroversial, dealing with a topic, uh, uh, punishing a behavior that is universally abhorred, I believe, church burnings. They all voted for it, despite the fact that it was unconstitutional. And so essentially, the the group uh, folded. What kind of pressure should this Congress be facing to countervail that type of uh, effect? The pressure to abandon limited constitutional government is always there. 
There will always be people who are importuning government to do something for them or to pass this or that bill that they happen to favor. The last time we had a brief constitutional uh, moment was after the 1994 elections when Congress, for the first time in 40 years, changed hands and the Republicans came to power in both the House and the Senate. That, unfortunately, was a short-lived revolution. It lasted perhaps a year. During the course of it, indeed early in the course of the 104th Congress, there was instituted a constitutional caucus which had about 100 members in the House of Representatives. And they met fairly often to discuss how to restore limited constitutional government. But, as you said, the first time a bill came along that was popular and they felt they couldn't oppose it, namely a bill to federalize uh, a crime against church burning, which of course is a crime in every state in the country, then the Congress felt that it could not avoid voting in favor of such a bill. That was an example among many in which the Congress simply abandoned the idea of limited constitutional government because they felt they could not get away with it at the polls. What marks this constitutional moment as different is that it came from the Tea Party. This new Congress reflects nothing so much as the advent and the influence of the Tea Party. But this moment will not survive unless the Tea Party stays active and holds these new members' feet to the fire and reminds them we have something called primaries which can unseat these new ele newly elected members of Congress. Roger Pallon is Vice President for Legal Affairs at the Cato Institute. You can order your copy of the popular Cato Constitution and Declaration of Independence at cato.org. <laughs>